0: The Voice America Talk
1: Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or
0: guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
2: And the Emmy goes to. Find out what our experts think today on Soap Central Live.
0: What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest
2: soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. We are coming to you from the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California this week. We are on location for the 41st Annual Daytime Emmys. I'm your host Dan Kroll and for the next hour we are going to be bringing you some expert predictions for who we think has the best chance of taking home Emmy gold this year. The Daytime Emmys will be handed out Sunday, June 22nd at the Beverly Hilton. The ceremony will be broadcast or live streamed online at daytimeemmys.net. Point your web browser over there to watch the live broadcast, and of course, SoapCentral.com will once again be on the red carpet, bringing you all the ins and outs, pretty much every angle of daytime Emmys. We will be live tweeting and Instagramming and streaming video. We'll be doing all sorts of things, so SoapCentral.com really is your one stop destination for all things Daytime Emmy this year. If you are on social media, if you're on Twitter and you're not already following us, please be sure to follow at Soap Central. We will be tweeting from the red carpet. There'll be people doing all sorts of things behind the scenes while I interview some of your favorite daytime stars. Of course, this year I will once again be joined by Days of Our Lives star Chrishell Staus and General Hospital star Haley Poulos. The three of us will be getting together, interviewing your favorite stars, asking all the questions that you want asked. And we will also be doing our... our annual wrap-up of all things Emmy, from fashion to what happened. It is... I don't know. I think I'm going to need to start drinking ahead of time to get ready for this uh, post-show wrap-up. It is so much fun every year. If you've missed the previous years, head over to soapcentral.com Emmys. We have the videos posted there. There's a lot of hilarity. There's a lot of entertainment. It's a really good time, and we really enjoy bringing it to you, so I hope that you enjoy watching it as much as we do putting it together. If you're curious for who's nominated for this year's Daytime Emmys, you can find that out at soapcentral.com/emmys as well. We've got all of this year's nominees. In fact, we have every winner of Daytime Emmys going all the way back to the very first Daytime Emmys ceremony. You can check those out over there. You can also watch the reels of this year's Daytime Emmy nominees and see what we were watching and find out maybe more about why we predicted the way that we predicted you can also weigh in with your own predictions do that on twitter do that on facebook do that on soapcentral.com we want you to be a part of this experience as well let us know what you're thinking but the main event this week here on soap central live is predicting the daytime emmys i am going to be joined by two of my favorite soap media personalities Richard Sims of Soaps In-Depth Magazine, and Jamie Giddens of Daytime Confidential. So what do you say we get started right now? My first guest this week, contrary to the public outcry, he and I were not named the hosts of this year's Daytime Emmys. It went to comedian Kathy Griffin, but... He is here because, well, we have nothing better to do. He's the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine, Richard Sims. Richard, are you ready to talk some Emmys?
0: I am always ready to talk Emmys, the day before, the day after, during, I once got shushed for talking during the show, I'm always ready to talk. Well, let's first
2: address the, you know, the absolute devastation in the soap community that you and I were passed over to host this year's Daytime Emmys. I'm hearing rumbles that my writer for Snacks is what blew the deal.
0: Um, I have heard that as well, and I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but I have actually been asked to take part in the ceremony. I'm going to be, well, usually it's a girl who does it, but this year it's going to be me. Uh, the person who brings out the trophy and then escorts people off stage, that's going to be me. And I'm going to have a different outfit each time I come out on stage, so expect the show to run a little long.
2: Do you know how many categories there will be? How many frocks will you need?
0: Uh, well, I was told that I should bring approximately 42.
2: Forty two. Wow, will there be sparkles? Will there be sequins? Will there be lace? What will what are we can you give us a preview?
0: There will be a little bit of everything. I'm reading Kate Linder's closet. I'm gonna take everything out of there I can find. I'm sure that we will see her there as well. Uh, Of course, you know,
2: just a a couple of days away now. I'm very excited for the red carpet. I'm also, you know, I'm kind of fascinated about some of these different categories. Is there any particular category among the acting categories that you are 100% sure you know who's going to take home a daytime Emmy this year?
0: You know, if anybody knows anything about my history of picking daytime Emmys, they will know this. It is that I am never right about anything. I am, I am the, I am an expert with no record on which to base that title because I am always wrong. I go with, you know, I go with my gut and I I don't necessarily go with What everybody else thinks is going to win, I go with, you know, what I personally both want to see win and think deserves to win, and I'll admit, this year, there's a lot of tough categories, and, you know, one of the reasons is, A, there's a lot of really, really good material, but B... There's also a lot of... Oh, my God. There's a lot of dead baby material. And, and I fear for these poor judges that have to sit there and watch dead baby after dead baby after dead baby. It's, there's a lot of it. Well,
2: that's a great way, then, to start off with the category, because there is one definitive nominee this year that is probably as far away from dead babies as you can possibly get. And that would be in the Outstanding Younger Actress category. Lindsay Godfrey is probably the funniest reel that's been submitted in quite some time. Not in the, in the sense of true comedy, but it's, it's snarky. It's, it's, it's basically a live tweet. It's all the things that go on in our head. Let me give the other nominees for this year's Outstanding Younger Actress category. Kristen Alderson, Star Manning, General Hospital. Interesting that she was able to get one last run of Star Manning in her uh, Emmy reel. Lindsay Godfrey. Good baby. Caroline Spencer, the bold and the beautiful hunter king summer newman the young and the restless kim matula hope logan the bold and the beautiful and kelly missel danielle manning one life to live so with that let's go right to Lindsay.
1: he says sometimes the sauce splatters no use in ruining a perfectly good shirt
2: Oh, come on, guys don't care about that. It's
1: her fantasy! Come on, come
2: on. There has been a history. The Daytime Emmys, of course, these are the outstanding drama series categories. Does submitting a reel that's not dead babies, does that limit her chances? What do we think? I liked it. I thought it was one of the best reels of, of the entire year.
0: I agree. I picked I picked her to win, and... Um, I agree with you. I don't think she will win because um, because because it, you're right. It isn't necessarily what they look for, but just I mean the talent on display there is is immense. It's such a good episode. It's, it's a great great pick. I like a lot of the actors and actresses in this category. Um, the actors, yes, I like a lot of the actors and actresses in the best supporting <laughs> Actors
1: category. Uh, it,
0: it, you know, I I am a huge Kim Matula fan, and I love when they give her stu- She can play drama and comedy, as can Lindsay Godfrey. Um, but I just don't think I just I just really would love to see Lindsay win because I think she's a little bit underappreciated on the show. I think. That she's so talented, and I think her reel was unique, and I just would love to see, you know, the the, the reaction that it got when when voters are watching it.
2: There is, you know, we we mentioned the fact that the comedy reel could potentially be somewhat of an underdog. If you're also going to talk about underdogs, Kelly Missel is in every sense of the word not her and herself, but her her submission, her her nomination is really considered an underdog she's from a web-based soap opera one life to live the series is no longer in production there are lawsuits galore revolving around oh, one life to live and all my children there are <laughs> this is the word on the street granted it has been several months since we've heard anything about it so maybe they've maybe they've gone away uh, but kelly missel is a very strong contender, but when you look at the theories that people have and the conspiracy ideas, they may leave her out in the cold as the only online nomination in this particular category. What do we think? I really like Kelly Missiles Reel.
0: I like it. Um, I didn't love it. I, I thought it was Why didn't you love it? What's wrong with it? I didn't like the scream. The scream was really off-putting. Um, um, the, 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 one of the moments in her reel is when her supposedly dead dad walks in the room and she freaks out and screams. Oh,
1: no! 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 Who
0: are you? Who are you? Who are you? Why are you doing this to me? It's just, it didn't... It didn't feel natural to me. It didn't feel. It really took me out of the moment, Um, so I didn't really like that. But I also, I, I kind of think it's going to be really hard for One Life to Live as a show that is no longer on the air and that has no. You know, if you look at if you look at it as being, if you look at the Emmys as being political in any way, shape or form, it has no political juice. You know, it has. There's nobody who has anything to gain for voting by voting for it. So I just think. Anything One Life to Live related is really a long shot.
2: Well, aren't you just the bluebird of happiness here today?
0: Okay, but I am going to... Let me say something good now. Okay, I'm going to jump categories, wildly, and I'm going to go directly over to Outstanding Supporting Actor, and... The which- nominees are Bradford
2: Anderson, Damian Spinelli, General Hospital, Steve Burton, Dylan McAvoy, The Young and the Restless, Scott Clifton, Liam Spencer, The Bold and the Beautiful, Eric Martsoff, Brady Black, Days of Our Lives, and Dominic Zimpronia, Dante Falconeri, General Hospital. I suspect I know who you're going to pick, but tell everybody on your own. Well,
0: no, go ahead. I want to hear who you think I'm going to pick. I
2: think you're going to pick Eric Martsolf.
0: I am going to pick Eric Martsolf. I, I liked thought... his reel.
2: Okay, let's talk facts, okay? I resent the fact that you come into my house and you start spewing off these ridiculous, wacky ideas and you got Eric and Nicole believing this without even knowing the whole story.
0: I I, I just thought his reel was fantastic. It was... Um, days of Our Lives can be a tough show, real wise because um, Days... Can often it, it, it veers between wildly traditional soap and a little bit wacky. Um, for example, if you look at if you look at uh, uh, Eileen Davidson's reel as uh, for Kristen, um, it's both traditional and it's a little over the top. Eric Marswops could have gone over the top because they basically submitted the intervention that people held uh, to say, you know, hey, you're on coke. His performance is just, is gripping. It, yeah. it, it's all, it, it, on the one hand, it's all over the map, but that's what it should be, because he's high as a kite. During, not he, but the character is high as a kite during <laughs> well, the scene. It's method it's just It's just a fantastic reel, and I think it's going to be really hard to beat. When you say really hard to beat, of course there are
2: people who become... Uh, they've become sort of mainstays on the Emmy ballot. One of them is Scott Clifton, one of them is Bradford Anderson. Bradford Anderson has not won, even though I've picked him in previous years and said that there was no way he could lose, so I've stopped doing that because (laughs) it seems so mean for me to do that to poor Bradford. But Scott Clifton has also, once again, turned in a really good performance. He's a previous Emmy winner. Sometimes, you know, people recognize
0: a name, talk to me. I agree with you on both counts. I think Bradford Anderson... It, Bradford Anderson has that problem that because Spinelli is such a unique character that I think that hampers him. He is an amazing actor. I love watching him act, and I loved his reel. But it's, it does suffer from, you know, quote-unquote, Spinelliism, and 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 that's a hard thing to overcome. I loved Scott Clifton's reel, and... Um, I, the, the problem is that in some ways it becomes a little bit more, especially in the second half, B&B only being a half hour, they're allowed to submit two episodes. And so he submitted two episodes when Steffi suffered the miscarriage and Liam was reacting to it. And it's very good stuff, but I feel almost like the second half of it, it it's, it's a case where the other actor sort of steals the spotlight a little bit. You know, It's, it's a bad thing if when you're watching a reel... The you realize at the end of it oh wait, I was watching the wrong person and I love Scott Clifton in this but I'm such a big Jackie Mm -hmm. Jackie Wood fan and I love what she did there And, and I realized that I was really paying more attention to her when I should have been watching him because his performance is so wonderful and subtle but i but i did wind up watching her
2: but it is the supporting actor category and i mean if if you're mentioning that maybe he's not the star of that particular reel there's also the elephant in the room of some of these actors Aren't really supporting actors on their show. They're pretty much leading roles. I mean, Scott Clifton is a really good example of that. It's Liam has been front burner and involved in much of the stories, uh, the show's main stories for you know years now.
0: There are fans out there who would tell you that it is the Liam Hope Wyatt show, you know? Um, and and I can't really discount that. I mean, everything on the show really has for the last two years in one way or another connected back to them. You know, even when even when we go to Dubai this year for for the big remote shoot, it's all about how what happens in Dubai impacts <laughs> Hope Liam and, and and Wyatt back home. So so I do think that it's, it's hard for me to look at him as a supporting character. I feel the same way about, about Steve Burton. I don't think that Dylan is a supporting character in any way, shape, or form. You know, I mean, he was brought on the show to be a main player. You don't bring Steve Burton on the show to be a supporting actor. So I, I get that the shows all make these decisions based on, you know, well, we've already got people in this category, so we're going to put him in this category, or I don't think I can win in this category, so I'll submit in this category. Category, but there, there really should be some way of moderating that, you know. Whether it's maybe there's maybe there's an episode number, like if you've if you've been in more than this number of episodes, sort of like you must be this tall to ride this ride. I don't know um, because it does seem it does seem really unfair. But it happens every year, you know. We see we see amazing. We see people who've been on, the star of their show for 20 years, all of a sudden show up in supporting.
2: Well, next on our carousel of daytime Emmy nominations, we have Outstanding Lead Actress. Let's move right to that because this, I think, is really one of the hotly contested categories where there are people who feel very strongly about two particular nominees. The nominees are Eileen Davidson, Kristen Demera, Days of Our Lives, Katherine Kelly Lang, Brooke Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful, Heather Tom, Katie Logan, The Bold and the Beautiful, and Ariane Zucker, Nicole, on Days of Our Lives,
0: this is perhaps one of the toughest categories. Um, the problem is, I, I I feel like Heather Tom and uh, Catherine Kelly Lang might kind of zero each other out. You know, they really? might split the votes for people from their show. Um, my personal favorite is Eileen Davidson, just because I really. I find her a joy to watch. Um, I mean, I feel that way about a lot, about all of the actresses in this category, but Eileen in particular, when you're watching her, you get the feeling that anything could happen at any moment. And I, I say that with this caveat. That is true of... Days of Our Lives. That's not true when she's Ashley. It's it's amazing that that Eileen Davidson has created both the most fascinating character on Days of Our Lives in in Kristen Demera, and at the same time she plays the really incredibly boring Ashley Abbott. You know, Ashley has never really been that fascinating a character, and she's certainly no Kristen Demera, and yet they're both. You know, it, it's sort of like the Don Diamond syndrome where it's it's really. I don't look at Don Diamond on The Bold and the Beautiful and see Brad from The Young and the Restless. He's done a great job of creating two separate characters. And the same is true of Eileen with these two characters.
2: Here's the thing with Heather Tom. Not only has she won, uh, I think last year was her 400 squillionth Daytime Emmy. She, in this episode that she submitted, which aired way back on July 3rd, 2013, I said that this would be an Emmy win for her. When that episode aired, it was Katie confronting Bill and Brooke about their affair. I said... Brooke's birthday party, no less. (laughs) I mean, it was good, good stuff. I knew then, right then and there, I knew that at least that would be her Emmy submission. And I, you know, was confident it was going to be another Emmy for her. I still feel really strongly about that it's, it's interesting that of the nominees we have two from b&b and two from days that the other soaps were completely shut out of this category kind of surprising but i don't know i, I feel like uh, i'm really torn between uh, heather and eileen i uh, i don't know i think either one of them is deserving uh of, of the scenes that they submitted and I can't really pick one, but I give the edge to Heather Tom just because she has, you know, all of those Emmys.
0: Well, and it's worth noting that, you know, we could see a situation where many people feel the same way we do, and they're torn between these two, and it sort of divides the vote and opens the door. We've seen that kind of thing happen before in the past, where, where someone who you might not have expected winds up being the beneficiary of a tough battle between two other people. Uh, so, so that that definitely could happen here.
2: I'm hearing "Torn Between Two Lovers" in my head for some <laughs> particular reason. Are you do the
0: countdown again? We are. This
2: is the number one song for the lead actress category. "Torn Between Two Lovers," and in number two for all the other categories is "Your Dead Baby." I don't know. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so- so, that's like a uh, dog named Boo, I guess. I don't you know, know.
0: It's worth it's worth mentioning that you know, even though we're just now dealing with this year's Emmys, it's worth noting that next year's Emmys will no doubt be filled with more dead babies. <laughs> you know, because because we'll have more of the Young and the Restless dead babies. You know, mm-hmm. from from the fallout from. Uh, uh, Baby, what's her name? <laughs> Delia's death. Plus, we'll have the fallout from you know that like Jason Thompson will be nominated next year for the yep. death of, of 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 Patrick's child. I mean, we're going to have more Dio, dead babies yeah. next year. Really? Wouldn't it be nice to have a year where all the Emmy reels weren't dead babies? I mean, it's. I remember. I think it was last year. Uh, I
2: can't fully recall. It could have been the year before where I was sitting and watching reels, and I remember you know, coming out completely depressed. Yes. (laughs) I'm talking, you know, looking for some sort of happy pill or chocolate or or I don't know, anything to get through it. It was really, really sad. And I don't remember, I mean, these are soaps, and we've had babies dying and loved ones dying and, and horrible things before in the past. But I don't remember the Emmy reels being this heavy with this sort of really deep tragedy in the past maybe I'm wrong
0: what's interesting is and this goes back to something I was saying earlier about Days of Our Lives um, Days of Our Lives in its various reels deals with some things you would think would be very heavy and yet they're done in a really wildly entertaining, like you won't walk away from, from, uh, Brady's intervention feeling depressed. No. Nope. You won't walk away from the, from the showdown between Kristen and Marlena feeling depressed. No. Nope. They're really entertaining. Even the, even the stuff with, um Eric and Nicole on Ari Zucker's reel where, you know, he's apologizing to her for thinking that she could have, it, it's not depressing. It's good drama and it's it's really good drama in fact but it's not depressing and maybe looking at those three reels, even in categories where I didn't pick those particular people to be winners, that might be why I picked Days of Our Lives to be the winner overall um, as best drama, because I really just think that they're delivering so much solid drama on a daily basis uh, that 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 is just wildly entertaining and is classically good soap opera. That that that, that you know, so that maybe that explains it. While you were talking, I pulled up on
2: SoapCentral.com our archive of Emmy winners in the lead actress category, just because I sort of wanted to prove a point. And I'm going all the way back to 1998, when Cynthia Watros won for her role as Annie on Guiding Light. If I remember correctly, her winning Emmy reel was her going crazy with a hatchet. The year after, Susan Lucci won. That was for Bianca's intervention, which also, no Dead baby, but a very serious category. Then we had Susan Flannery, we have Martha Burns, Susan Flannery twice again, Michelle Stafford, Erica Slazak, Kim Zimmer, Mara West, Jeannie Cooper, Susan Haskell, Mara West, Laura Wright, Heather Tom twice. And going all the way back on that, going back to 1999, I don't know that any of those, maybe with the exception of one, had anything to do with a dead baby. Well, so maybe we were due. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just, I'm wondering where, is it, do you think it's that the soaps are writing these particular stories for Emmy attention? Do you think that the, I hate to say it, I mean, it sounds so uh, tragic, but are Dead Babies the new all-vogue story to get soap fans feeling emotions and and, and into the story? Uh, You know, what do you think it is that all of a sudden we're dealing with so many of these types of of really, really sad stories?
0: I think it's easy. Um, I think it's a real easy um, emotional thing. I'm not a fan of it. We've discussed this before. I don't think that a medium that's largely aimed at women... I don't think the majority of women want to sit around and watch stories about babies dying. But that said, you know, if you look at look at the performances that come in the wake of it, I mean, you know, Billy Miller and Elizabeth Hendrickson on The Young and the Restless, and Jason Thompson and Teresa Castillo on General Hospital, and I mean, I mean, as an actor. You know, uh, it's it's a dark place to go to, especially for Teresa Castillo, who was pregnant when she was playing the story. Um, it's a dark place to go to, but it's also it's it's going to give you some of the best work you've ever had. As a, I don't know, as a writer, I don't know why you know, I don't know what drives people to sit in a room and say, "Hey, <laughs> you know what we should do for sweeps? <laughs> Let's kill a baby." I don't, I don't get that. I that's just. That's just so far from what I would consider entertaining, but who am I? I don't write the show. <laughs>
2: two categories i I want to hit on quickly that are not really normally in the scope of any discussion. They are creative arts categories that you know they get their own ceremonies, so they don't necessarily show up on the big broadcast, and people tend to forget about them. But these are things that you and I talk about, so because of that, I find it fascinating, and everybody listening to the show will have to find it fascinating as well. I want to talk about Outstanding Achievement in Art there's Direction. No,
0: there's no off button
2: where they can turn it off. It's pretty <laughs> well, they could you know, close the web browser. But I want to do Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction, Set Decoration, Scenic Design for Drama Series, because ooh, you and I invariably, we do talk about what makes a soap look good. And there is Mm -hmm. so much of it that has to do with what we see in terms of set. The nominees this year are All My Children, The Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital, One Life to Live. First, let's start off with what do you think makes for good set decoration and scenic design? When you look at a soap, what is it about a scene that makes you think this is top-notch?
1: Well,
0: first of all, I'm kind of curious, and I don't know if you know the answer to this. What does one submit for this? You know, like like what do you submit uh, to be to be considered for the for the nomination? I mean, do they su- submit an episode that happens to have you know, have all of our best sets in it? I, from, I have no idea. From what I've been told in the past is that it is roughly
2: the same for what the actors do uh, they submit an episode you know the people who are watching it are also technically trained they are in the technical category so they're experts in this sort of field you know they know what to look like for in the lighting or they know what to look for in in makeup and hairstyling all those different categories so it is where people will watch an episode they are to take out you know the acting part of it and look just solely at the scenic design. So, if they do that, and not knowing at this point what was submitted, I don't think we've ever been told what are submitted in these particular categories. Potentially, the bold and the beautiful could have submitted some of their remote scenes. I'm trying. I'm, I'm pretty sure they went away somewhere in 2013. Uh, you know, that may give them the leg up if they do sets that are live action sets. You know, on location. If that makes sense. All my children. You know, they had some. Considering it was internet based, and people were thinking that it would be like a YouTube video, all my children had really, really good quality in terms of their set design. Oh, and, and interestingly, all my children One Life to Live did a lot of dual purpose on some of their sets to save money. Very much so. so it makes me wonder: will we be seeing the same sets that all my children One Life to Live, you know, that we see back and forth? But let's talk. What do you think? Which of those four soaps had the best set design in the past year?
0: For me, if you consider set, design, I consider set design to be all encompassing. Like basically sort of the look of everything on the show as far as the environments on which the drama unfolds. And I really find The Bold and the Beautiful to be top notch in that regard. I mean, the, part of it is because they do such a good job of going outside the studio on just just on a regular basis like you know they'll go in the backyard they'll show people walking up to to the Mm -hmm. front door to ring the doorbell Um, that no other show gives me a sense of place the way the Bold and the Beautiful does other shows try you know The Young and the Russell has been doing lately with those establishing shots that look more like postcards than anything else (laughs) but but the young, I mean I feel like I know every inch of every home on The Bold and the Beautiful Um, I I don't see people on The Bold and the Beautiful having couch sex because they don't want to put up a bedroom set you know what I mean Um, so for me The Bold and the Beautiful wins this category every time now not so long ago like four or five years ago I would have every single time given it to The Young and the Restless because The Young and the Restless used to be really well known for sort of lush, romantic environs. The lights would be low, um, and it's amazing what just a little dim lighting will do. Um, but over the last few years, you know, if you look at some of their newer sets, things like um, Avery's Apartment, that's a really bright, brash set. And it's when I first saw Avery's set, I liked it, but then after a while, it started to just, I don't know, the orange started to look kind of cheap, it, it looked I don't know it didn't work for me can I tell because, you that
2: uh, that here's the the dirty old man voice in my head went off with that one yeah you know I've always liked Avery's set they've always looked really nice to me that's <laughs> just that's what I hear but go ahead continue I'm well, sorry
0: well I do love Mr. Jessica Collins and I always have so uh, <laughs> but yeah I think, I think Bold and the Beautiful steals this one away from for me
2: I agree with you I think that the Bold and the Beautiful has the advantage of smushing together more sets in the course of an episode which is sort of ironic considering it's a 30-minute show, but you're right. They have more things going on with the transitions, with the lead-ups, with the remotes, with the uh, the outside for just a brief moment. I kind of and putting my money on the bold and the beautiful. And then the final category, since I know we are almost out of time for our Emmy discussion, would be outstanding achievement in casting. So many times we sort of forget the fact that there is someone who is making the decisions on a regular basis about who we see on screen, and a lot of that ends up playing into how stories are received, how, you know, th- there's basically, there's really a lot going on that I think that people forget in terms of casting. So this year's nominees are The Bold and the Beautiful, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless. Who do you think has done the best casting uh in 2013 of those four soaps?
0: Well, geez, I, I mean, historically, Mark Teshner at General Hospital has been one of my favorite casting guys. I mean, he just, he's really fantastic at picking... Um, just the right person for just the right role. You know, recently, the the one that comes to mind, and it wouldn't be qualified for this particular Emmy, but like I look at Vanessa Antoine, Mm -hmm. Antoine, who plays uh, Jordan. She just, the minute she came on screen, she popped. Brian Craig, great casting. Um, So he is generally the one that I tend to make my go-to guy. I think The Young and the Restless is going to have a little bit of difficulty in this category because some of their Casting lately, you know, there's been some problems with, um, although that's really more 2014 than 2013. It's a little hard to say off the top of my head without thinking about, you know, who was cast on these shows um, in the past year. Um, Bold the Beautiful has done some good casting, certainly last year, um, because last year was when we got Ashley Pierce as Allie, Alli, and she's she's a fantastic find, uh, but I'm, I'm still going to go with Teshner. I'm a big fan of his.
2: I kind of think that he they should almost rename the category in his honor. Uh, I, I think that he does such a great job. Um, I, I even think at one point he received double nominations one year when he was doing General Hospital in Port Charles. Mm-hmm. So... I, I think that's and where my worth,
0: money is. And it's worth saying he's also a really super guy. I have to admit I haven't met many casting directors. It's just not somebody that, you know, generally I cross paths with. I have met I have met Mark Teshner on several occasions and what's amazing to me is despite the fact that we have never spent more than like ten seconds in each other's time and you know and, and years will go by, he always knows who I am, you know, like he knows who people are and I guess that goes with being a casting director. I guess you're really good with faces and names. But I remember I remember running into him after not having seen him for five solid years, and it's not like I have any reason to talk to him in between. And he walked right up and and, and knew who I was. Now maybe he has somebody whispering to him, you know, like <laughs> like like on like like on uh, like on Veep, you know, he has somebody with a briefcase under their shoulder going, "Okay, that's Richard Sims from Soap and Dub." But uh, but he just he really impresses me. He's a cool guy.
2: And of course, with that, he has no idea who I am. So thanks a lot, Richard. Womp womp. But then again, no one. Does, which is why I am not hosting the daytime Emmys, and Kathy Griffin is. I don't know if she knows who anybody is, but certainly people know her. Well, we let's will... just talk about that for a second. What sure. do you Think about that.
0: I mean, I mean, what's the fact your... that no one knows me—that's yeah, you... yeah <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm heart sick about that. In fact, I think I'm so heart sick about it that I want to change the subject to whether what you think of Kathy Griffin as being the uh, Emmy host.
2: I think it's surprising. Uh, It's surprising, but it's not surprising. When they were sort of mentioning that they wanted to get a host, and when they were still trying to get a television deal, Kathy Griffin's name came up as the head of Natus. It's like his super fantasy to have her... As the host. And, lo and behold, somehow they were able to get her. I don't know if they broke the budget. I don't know if they have money to spare since they didn't have to pay for television stuff that now they can, you know, give it to Kathy if Kathy volunteered. I don't know that we're ever really going to know the answer to that, but it has the potential to bring in viewers who might not otherwise have watched the daytime Emmys, which, if that is in some way, shape, or form able to boost the number of people who are tuning into this web broadcast, it may bode well for the ceremony getting back on television next year. And even though, Richard, they've been saying that the Daytime Emmys will more than likely return to TV next year, I would think having good buzz in the year that it's not on television would certainly help.
0: Oh, I agree. I think I think I've, I said this when we were talking last week that this could be, you know, in some ways this is the most important telecast ever. And if you're a soap fan, you really do need to be watching because um, they will be able to track how many people are watching. And um, we soap fans always talk about how uh, there are more of us than are recorded by Nielsen ratings. Well, this is a great opportunity to prove that true. So I agree. I think I... I I think it could go either way. I mean, you know, part of part of the fun of any live telecast is that it could be a train wreck. What's going to be interesting here is, as of right now, they are not planning to air advertising during this. That is and, correct. And if you've ever been to a, a live Emmy cast... Um, the commercials are when what they use to set up things. You know, during a commercial break, mm-hmm. they'll set up if a musical band is playing or something like that. So it'll be real interesting to see how they do all that with no commercial breaks.
2: Not to mention the tinkle break.
0: Not to mention how do they pay for it. You know, I mean, let's face it, even... even Uh, Even if you get lower ratings on, you know, like like when they did on headline news, even if you get lower numbers, you're still getting some advertising revenue. Here, there's no advertising revenue. It makes me wonder,
2: other than membership dues, from where do we find our funding?
0: Well, I don't know six hundred dollars a
2: ticket. You know,
1: uh, <laughs> there's not that uh, many people.
2: Way. I mean, I'll, let me while we're still finishing here. I mean, there's I forget how many seats they said that there are. I'm looking for my soap abacus here at six hundred bucks a pop. What do we think? Maybe fifteen hundred seats. Yeah, probably about. That comes out to be nine hundred thousand dollars. I would think that this event is going to cost more than a million dollars to put together. Just my opinion.
1: I
0: will, especially you know, you got to pay Kathy Griffin something. No. I she's not she's not showing up for she's not showing up for the pleasure of brushing up against uh, Eric Braden, I don't think. <laughs> oh, might. maybe she is. How do I know? <laughs> <laughs> he might be showing up for the thrill of brushing up against Kathy Griffin. Who knows? That's, that's true. That's true. We're yeah. getting sued. <laughs> oh,
2: you know, Well, there's, there was no Titanic reference, so let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Hopefully, that I can edit it out. But, Richard, it is always a pleasure talking daytime Emmys with you. For folks who want to hear more of what we think will go on in the daytime Emmys, you can always go on to soapsindepth.com. You can go to soapcentral.com, read both of our picks. And also, we are part of goldderby.com, where you guys can go and, and put your thoughts in and bet. It's, it's not really betting, but it's betting. Uh, oh, so, I'm really betting. <laughs> I'm really betting. <laughs> And you'll be able to check everything out there. So, Richard, I guess we'll regroup after the Daytime Emmys and find out
0: how we did with our picks. Oh, brother, that's never pleasant.
2: Well, I, this last year was the first year that it was good for me. Hopefully it'll be good for me again. Hopefully it's good for you. Hopefully it's good for everybody. But until then, we are going to end this portion of our Emmy Chitter Chatter. There are, of course, other categories to talk about, so we're going to bring in Jamie Giddens, the Editorial Director of com, to talk about those categories. And Jamie, these are some big ones, including Lead Actor, Supporting Actress, Drama Series. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. Are you ready to give your Emmy predictions?
1: I am ready, although I tell you, Dan, every year I sit there and go, wow, did I get that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> but- Let's give it another shot.
2: The good thing is that this year you can just say you think a scene with a dead baby might win because you'd probably have a really good chance of being right.
1: Exactly. Just go ahead and just put your... Ba- your. Blind on and shoot the dart into a room full of balloons with that one <laughs>
2: let's start at the top let's do outstanding lead actor there are four nominees from the young and the restless one for general hospital the nominees are peter bergman jack abbott the young and the restless doug davidson paul williams the young and the restless christian leblanc michael baldwin the young and the restless billy miller billy abbott the young and the restless and jason thompson patrick drake general hospital do you think Gen- uh, that General Hospital stands a chance, or are we talking that The Young and the Restless with four or five nominees is going to take it?
1: Well, I said this joke on on the Daytime Confidential podcast that I felt like Jason might win just because you know he's the only he's the only prom candidate from <laughs> from that school, you know. So the others might split the vote, but in reality, I, I'm going for Billy Miller. I mean, I, I felt he did some of his most powerful dramatic work as he was exiting the show that that tends to happen if you remember Ann hash uh won the daytime emmy after she had left uh another world so i'm I'm hoping for billy so i'm kind of going with billy as should win peter bergman's reel is so stellar with you know jack finding out summer's his kid he Might win. He uh, he might be my will win. Christian LeBlanc, Doug Davidson, all the YNR people had really strong reels. And you know, a lot of the times each year, I think, oh, you know, it's the same people. But then once you, I think I'm going to be quiet next year until I see the reels because YNR had some really strong reels. I have to say.
2: You know, it's funny. I'm really torn with. All of these nominees. This is one of the years where I think that when you look at the nominees and when you watch the Reels, there isn't anyone in really any of the categories that you think, why? Uh, which is a good thing. I mean, but it also makes for predicting really hard because everything is competitive. Uh, with Peter Bergman, what he does, and I mentioned it in my official predictions on Subcentral.com is he does righteous indignation really well. There's something yeah. about it that, uh, you know, you look and you think, wow, you know, that that's exactly what I would be going through if I found out that this woman was keeping my kid from me for, for all these years. But I say all of that to get to, I think, that Doug Davidson might win again this year. Last year, he took out a kid. This year, he saves a kid from jumping off a roof. It's sort of his karmic balance. And I think that more than the other four nominees, his starts off really strong right at the beginning so I think that it catches the attention where there are some of the others you have to wait until the end of a 12-minute reel before it really picks up. So Doug Davidson is who I think will win. If it was my should win, I kind of want it to be Mr. Tears. I want it to be Jason Thompson <laughs> because he cries really well.
1: Yes, he does. You know, Doug Davidson um, will will definitely be in the voters. Well, he definitely will. This is past tense. since it's already... It's already said and done, and the only thing to do is open the envelope. But I'm sure he was definitely still on that story that won for him last year, and that acting was probably still on the minds of the voters. And, and you could be right there. I mean, that was some good stuff. I mean, he, you know, we I joked about the, Stop it, Ricky! Ricky! But, you know, he kind of got to do the opposite of this. Peter Birdman, one thing I'll say about his real, he gave such a full range of emotion since it starts with, him you know asking phyllis you know why he would have you know this ludicrous decision to try to seduce kyle so he's, he's going from the cuckolded lover to what i'm a baby daddy so he kind of got to hit a lot of soap tropes uh in one you know reel so we shall see
2: one of the other extremely competitive categories is Outstanding Supporting Actress. There are three Y&R nominees, two from GH, and they are Melissa Claire Egan as Chelsea on The Young and the Restless, Jane Elliott as Tracy, General Hospital, Amelia Heinley Victoria, The Young and the Restless, Elizabeth Hendrickson, Chloe, The Young and the Restless, and Kelly Sullivan as Connie on General Hospital. On Paper Jamie, any of these five could win, should win. I think that you probably might argue on that one. But um, I would not be surprised to hear any of these names read as Outstanding Supporting Actress winner.
1: I can agree with that. Uh, Kelly Sullivan, who I'm I'm not that big of a fan of of her acting on General Hospital. There's no denying that. But she did have a strong reel as well uh, with Connie dealing with the aftermath of her son's death. Um, For me... I'm hoping for Elizabeth Hendrickson. I mean, I feel like she's one of the most overlooked mm-hmm. actresses of her age range in daytime, and I think she just really kicked butt in this, you know, prototypical Jill Theron Phelps kill a baby and, and spike some ratings and get Emmy nominations type storylines. Um, you know, this is Jill's, you know, standard bearer, but it's usually a showcase for the men folk. So I was really glad to see both her and Amelia get nominations for their work. So I'm going for should and will with Elizabeth Hendrickson. I mean, if I I wanted Jane Elliott in this running for so long, but I just don't think, you know, her and Luke having a waiting to exhale conversation, even though, I mean, her, her acting is incredible, no matter what she does. She can read the phone book. I just don't think it's a powerful enough but I mean that could be the balance because as you've mentioned, there's a whole lot of dead babies and dead children this year, so something subtle and and not connected to death might might cinch it. But I'm going with Elizabeth Hendrickson for should and will No Billy, No, no, don't say her. No, shut up, shut up. That's
2: who I picked as well. I think that for me, watching it, there were some moments in the reel that really stood out to me. There's a a moment in the very beginning where some of the folks are looking through a glass, the pane, into the examining room, and there's no sound from Elizabeth Hendrickson inside, but you can see that she just found out what happened to her her daughter, and it, it's cra- it, It's really good stuff, and it's powerful even without the you know the screaming and and everything that would be easy to put in there. I'm also you in so happy to see that Jane Elliott has finally been recognized again for her work on General Hospital. But I don't, I mean, there's a huge, huge difference between mother grieving for baby killed by a hit and run driver to, uh, you know, a woman of a certain age talking to her on and off again husband slash lover that she wants a soulmate. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. But I I kind of think Elizabeth Hendrickson. And, you know, there are some other categories that are also extremely competitive. I want to quick rattle through the younger categories. We talked about them earlier in the show with Richard Sims. But I want to find out who you think is going to take Outstanding Younger Actress and why.
1: Ooh, Outstanding Younger Actress. Well, I think this is one of those categories that... Dan, you've been in that press room. We've had those shocked moments. Um, Mm -hmm. I sometimes wonder how much attention is paid by the voters. Um, That being said, I'm going with Kristen Alderson uh, for will win. My should win is going to be Kelly Massal from the short-lived One Life to Live reboot, you know. Very soapy uh, moment, you know, learning that your stepfather is back from the dead. I get so confused with that Victor Todd thing. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. He, at the end of it all, wasn't really her dad. But she believed he was her dad, so she had more of the bond with him. But Todd was really her dad. But either way, Sister friend let out a, a blood-curdling scream. And I'm like, thank you. No one ever does that on soaps. Have you noticed? No, everyone always goes, oh, my God, Marlena, you're alive. We thought you were worm food, but here you are in this living room. No one ever gives the reaction that I would give if a dead relative showed up, which is, "Ah!" you know, (laughs) know, something like that. That's what I'd be doing. You know, my grandmother loved her to death, but if she just showed up in the living room, uh, you know, I'm going to make a new door. But so I felt that Kelly really gave the most (laughs) realistic reaction to a return from the dead I'd ever seen. Uh, So I'm hoping, you know, that she will win, but I'm thinking her big sister will win because, you know, it's hard to beat confronting the person you think killed your dead baby. Yeah,
2: so... That it uh, is. However, it was easy enough for about 15 other nominees this year to do it in, in various categories, so true, true. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. When One of the categories that doesn't have, uh, really, I don't think, anything to do with dead babies, um, looking, 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 no, is Kim outstanding...
1: Matula. Kim Kim is that well, yeah, because hers was about Steffi coming back and stopping her wedding, which... That, those kids on that show deserve a special Emmy for having to play those scenarios so often. Because, you know, every every three months, there's wedding interruptus <laughs> on both of the beautiful And it's true. So, I mean, the fact that you can manage to keep it fresh, I mean, there should be some special compensation for that.
2: Outstanding younger actor. We have uh, no dead babies there, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, who would be your pick for outstanding younger actor? I suspect. Oh, I can be
1: quick. It's Brian Craig's house. This is Brian Craig's house. He is he is painting the walls. He <laughs> is, you know, got the mattress firm coming in to deliver the beds. It is his house. Brian Craig, Morgan Carrington General Hospital. He is a beast. He should be. He could be competing in the lead actor categories are supporting this cat is everything
2: all this garbage about love and 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 how you're doing this for my own good it's just more lies don't call me a liar why not don't why not you're already a criminal that is also my pick. The other nominees are Chad Duell, Michael Corinthos, General Hospital, Max Eric Fenmore Baldwin, The Young and the Restless, Chandler Massey, Will Horton, Days of Our Lives, Daniel Polo, Jamie Vernon on The Young and the Restless. Just quickly, uh, the thought about younger categories, people voters liking to give it to the same person in in you know multiple years in a row. Mm-hmm. Why not Chandler Massey for third three years in a row? Why do you think that this will it be? It could
1: definitely happen because again, this is the category that I don't think people pay as much attention to. I think Cameron Massey was incredible uh, his first, you know, two times. But I really felt like once he made that decision to shoot Daytime the Deuces, you saw it on screen. And for me, you know, that's a no-no. I mean, that might not have been the case, but it, just, it felt that way. Whereas Brian Craig gave it his all in every scene. An upset could be Daniel Polo because he has last year's, big winner in Mm -hmm. that, in his reel, and it's such a, you know, teen suicide is such a topical subject, and you know, I'm not, his reel wasn't the strong, his acting choices weren't the strongest in my opinion, but that's such a non-soapy moment, and so that, it could could be an upset, I'm hoping for Brian Craig.
2: Outstanding drama series, we have an announcement that Someone's sister and husband are having an affair. We have a chapel confrontation. We have back from the dead, and we have a hit and run dead baby. That are (laughs) those are the four basic summations. Outstanding drama series. Jamie, who's going to take the top honor?
1: Well, when you put it like that, um, I feel it's going to be The Young and the Restless. I, you know, Jill Faris hopes is the mistress of this type of of. Of thing, you know, she knows how to select an Emmy reel. She knows how to produce an Emmy reel. You know, the rest of those, you know, powerful moments are gonna. It's gonna be hard to to stand out against a beloved baby being mowed down. Um, I, I think Jennifer Ruffus is gonna get it.
2: I agree. Uh, that's actually my choice. I think that visually, the episode where Delia was eventually killed. I think that. It was just aesthetically, it was it was beautiful. Uh, Owen Renfro, I think, did the directing, and it's just it's. I mean, it, it looks amazing. It doesn't look like anything else in daytime. The only thing that I wonder then is that if people are by the time they get to outstanding drama series, if they're so tired of dead baby storylines, does that give it to the bold and the beautiful, which is the only one that has a funny storyline included? That's the whole the room eight. Comedy, you know, Days of Our Lives is, is classic soap. I mean, it's it doesn't try to do anything other than be a soap. And then there's One Life to Live, which is extremely experimental with you know different camera techniques and different storytelling. I, I don't know. I mean, I, How many I wonder will, for that? will
1: kill Bold and the Beautiful because this genre never, never gives it to comedy, unfortunately. Which I think that's sad because I mean, there's been such great comedy. Um, over the years. I think the comedy is going to, you know, I wouldn't have included anything with Roommate. Um, That's just a personal choice. I would like to live, and this is crazy, and this is not what I want to happen, but given that we just came through such a horrendous couple of years and, you know, fearing that the soap journal was over and then it bounced back, because that was such a bold, brave new step, I wonder... If, I mean, it got enough votes to, to kick Gh out of the prenoms mm-hmm. for it, you know. So I wonder if it, it might upset. I think that I think YNR will win though. I mean, I, I really truly believe, you know. I knew when I saw that I was like, as much as I hated <laughs> that storyline decision, I knew that it would. I mean, because Jill Jill does that better than anyone else.
2: Well, for folks who want to hear more from Jamie Giddens and the rest of the Daytime Confidential gang, you can check out their podcast available right now on DaytimeConfidential.com. I'm guessing Luke, Jillian, uh, Mel, the whole gang is going to be together to give their yeah, Reagan,
1: thoughts. We'll all be there dishing. Of course, we won't be as polite as this is, been, <laughs> but we'll be doing it.
2: <laughs> well, I know that I look forward to hearing that. I always like to hear what goes on in people's minds when they watch Emmy Reels just to get a, a different sort of view. It's like a big viewing party and, and tuning around. So, Jamie, thank you so much for taking time out and, you know, stepping away from the gang to come over here and talk about daytime Emmy nominations with me.
1: Thank you for having me, Dan.
2: And with that, it'll bring us to the end of our fifth annual Daytime Emmys Predictions special here on Soap Central Live. I want to thank Richard Sims and Jamie Giddens for dropping by to share their picks and predictions with us this week. Of course... Keep your web browser tuned to SoapCentral.com all Emmy weekend long, and really all year long for the latest and greatest in the world of soap news. We are going to have expanded daytime Emmy coverage for you this year with videos and photos and interviews. Everything that you want, everything that will make you feel like you were a part of Emmy weekend. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SoapCentral, on Instagram at TheSoapCentral, and on Facebook at Facebook.com/SoapCentral. We are going to be. Tweeting and Instagramming and pretty much anything that you can think of all Emmy weekend long. The daytime Emmy ceremony airs June 22nd at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. It will be live streamed at DaytimeEmmys.net. We will be back here next week, Friday, June 27th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody.